All right, good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to our uh, regular Tuesday nights. We are moving. We've last three weeks, we've done Kabbalat Shabbat and focused on Nishi before Lachadudi, Lachadudi, and Mizmoshir. This evening, we're going to move more into understanding different parts of the service, and specifically, we're going to be focusing on the Amidah this evening. So, uh, different elements. Now, the Amidah, just to give you a little bit of perspective, so the Amidah is uh, something that we say three times a day. Uh, and if you include uh, Musaf, possibly even more than three times a day. And the basic construct of the, the Amidah is pretty much the same for every service. Now, whether it be Shachid Mincha Marev, generally speaking, the three blessings at the beginning and the three blessings at the end, all exactly the same. With the middle ones uh, sort of uh, shifting from time to time. So during uh, the week, it's one kind of way and on Shabbatot, the other kind of way. So what we're going to try to understand is we're going to be focusing, and this will take some time, so I don't envisage this, this particular class will end anytime soon, but the, um, the goal that we've been dealing with is to hopefully appreciate the Amidah on a much deeper level. Now, one of the things that we have to appreciate about prayer in general, now one of the uh, basic questions that uh, as a rabbi and I remember as a student was asked is that I feel that the Siddur is so rigid and that I'd have far more of a meaningful experience in davening if I could say my own prayers. Why do I have to be, um, you know, uh, focused on these words that were written by some rabbis? And a lot of the words are, not, are meaningless to me. So, number one is that adding your own prayer is not a problem. There are always opportunities to add your own prayer, especially in the Wita Amida, where a lot of the ideas that we want to focus on are mentioned there. So, Pray for somebody who is ill, or pray for Panasa, or pray for um, other elements that uh, are of importance. So those are all there. But in essence, when we read prayer, it's one of the things that to truly appreciate it, you have to understand exactly what it means. Because, for example, there's beautiful poetry that is able to express ideas that for those of us that are not poets, we're not capable of doing. And so to say, well, poetry, smoetry, I'm just going to say whatever I want to say. So you lose the beauty of what we can achieve by saying, you know, following the Siddur. So the Siddur has to be viewed as poetry because that's very much what it is. The whole concept of liturgy and not only the poetry of the Psalms, but so much of the Amidah is like every single word has been specifically chosen for a particular reasons. So we're going to try as best as we can to go through perhaps not every single word, but at least a lot of the words of the Amidah, and to try and gain a great appreciation. Because if you can hold on to something next time you say the Amidah, and there's just one new idea that you understand, that you understand, ah, this is why this word is there. So it gives us so much of a greater appreciation of the whole davening experience and can transform the experience. Um, for those who were in my shir on Tisha B'Av, we spoke about this idea that Hashem wants the heart, that ultimately the goal of prayer in general and when the rabbis talk about prayer, they talk specifically about the Amidah. There's the idea is to have a relationship with Hashem. That we are talking to Hashem. We are trying to express our needs. But to have that relationship with Hashem. It's not to say words. When we praise Hashem, it's not about you know, telling God how great He is. When we thank Hashem, it's not a matter of just being polite. Like when we thank someone who's done us a favor. And we ask for, our sin, for something. It's not a matter of gimme, gimme, gimme. So what we're going to do this evening is we're going to just start with a brief overview of the Shemona Esrei or the Amidah. And then we'll develop it more into word by word. Okay, so, yes, so it's called the Amidah. 
Why is it called the Amidah? Because the word Amidah means stand, and it's a prayer that said standing. Before Amidah, at least through Shachrit and Mariv, Amidah follows the Shema, which is said seated. So that's Amidah. The other name for it is called the Shmona Esrei. Now, Shmona Esrei means 18, the 18 literally. And it refers to the 18 blessings that were originally in this, in this prayer, in the Amidah. So there were 18. Now, at some point around the destruction of the Second Temple, an, an, a 19th bracha was added in. But uh, even though there are now 19 blessings in the, in the Shemona Esra, we still call it the Shemona Esra, which is why? Because it's, you know, the name stuck. So it's the Shemona Esra. So to just look at the basic structure of the Amidah, again, Amidah, Shemona Esra, same thing. So it starts off with the first three blessing, blessings of praise. Now, praise in, in Judaism does not mean telling God how great he is, but rather us being able to appreciate how great God is. So in, when you praise someone, so more often, like if you give me a compliment, it's you're doing it for my benefit. But when you explain to someone, just say we're about, to, you know, you see someone in the street and a friend next to you shakes their hand and they move on. And they say, you don't know who that person is. That person saved a thousand people's lives. You know, they, they, there was a burning building and they got everybody out and they saved their lives. And he said, oh, wow, you know, had I known who they were, I would have acted differently. When you know who somebody is and you appreciate who they are, you can act very differently. So often it happens, you know, in different parts of the world that, you know, people get excited about a celebrity that you don't know is a celebrity. So, or, or, you know, your kids get so excited about someone who you like, oh, why is everyone getting excited about this idea? So that whole concept is, the co- is, is how we understand praise in Judaism. Praise is being able to appreciate who it is that we are about to speak to. So the first three blessings, which are always the same. So it's Magain Avraham. So that will be Baruch Hashem, Magain Avraham, Meitim, and Akel Ha'el HaKadosh. Those are the first three blessings. Every Amidah that you say will always start with those three. Now, there are slight changes that happen between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. HaKel HaKadosh becomes HaMelech HaKadosh, a king, a holy king. But one way or another, those are the first three blessings in every single Amidah. The next blessings, and this depends. During weekdays, this is the 13 blessings. It would have been the 12, but as I mentioned, there was an extra blessing added. And that becomes the 13 blessings. These blessings are Bakashot. It's asking Hashem. So it starts at Atah la dam da'at. You you give you give wisdom to men. Hashivainu return us to Slachlanu forgive us. Rafainu make uh, please heal people. Barechalanu um, give panasa give uh, give livelihood etc etc etc. The thirteen blessings in the middle on weekdays. So that Shachrit Minchamariv morning noon and night on weekdays is asking Hashem for our needs, being our personal needs and our collective needs as a people. Uh, when I say our collective needs, I mean the, when I daven for sick, all these prayers you'll see are in the plural. So when I pray for the sick, I don't say, Hashem, please make me better or make my loved one better. But it says, Rafa'inu Hashem heal us. It's always done in the plural. So we're davening for the collective. Now that is on Shachim Min Chamariv weekdays. Shabbat and uh, this was in some of one one of the shirim I gave recently, recall. Shabbat is different because on Shabbat we do not make requests of Hashem, and and Shabbos and Yontif, so we never ask Hashem for anything in particular. 
So all those 13 requests are nullified. We don't say them, not on Shabbat, not on, uh, uh, not on Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, not on Rosh Hashanah, not Yom Kippur. We do not ask Hashem for anything. So what that middle bracha becomes, and it goes from 13 blessings during the week to one blessing on Shabbat, is a blessing of just understanding the nature of the day. So on you know, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, it will talk about Zman Cheirutenu, Zman Matan Toratenu, Zman Simchatenu, it's at the time of our freedom, our receiving of the Torah, the time of blessing. All of these. Sorry. Apologies, someone. Okay, so, so that middle blessing is going to create a sort of... Um, a tone of what exactly it is that we are celebrating and, and that is what's going to happen. So during the week, the 13 blessings are requests on Shabbat. They're not requests. We don't make any requests on Shabbat. And that's a general rule on Shabbat that we don't ask for anything on Shabbat. Okay. The last three blessings, so that's Modi Manach Nulach, which is Techezen Ananu, Hamachazish Renatol Tzion, Modi Manach Nulach, that's number one. Hatov Shimcha Ulacha Nae Lohodot. And Sim Shalom, Hamavarechet Moisabah Shalom, the Amidah will always end in those three brachot. So those are thanksgiving, a recognition, it's, it's, it's acknowledging that the blessings come from Hashem. So, so that's how the structure of every single Amidah that we'll say. We have the first three, the last three, the middle is only going to be one, or it's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, 13. Okay? That is the structure of every single Amidah that we do. Now, Okay, um, so So There are times during the year And this is most notably between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur That we do add requests At different parts of the service So so All these things that we recite Between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur To Hashem to give us uh, to give us uh, life and inscribe us in the book of life that we add during the first three blessings and during the last three blessings. So the Talmud addresses this and explains that there's a big rationale. It says, A person should not ask for their personal needs, not in the first three blessings of the Amidah, and not in the last three blessings of the Amidah. Rather, in the middle, those middle 13. Says those first three blessings, it's like a, a, a servant who is organizing the praise of his master. The middle ones are as if the, the, Eved, the servant is asking his master for his pay. And the last three is as if he said, Thank you, thank you, my master, for giving me that which I need. He accepts it, and off he goes. So you see the way that the Amidah has been structured according to this logic, that when, when the person, when the, when the servant goes into the master and says, Master, thank you, you know, you're a wonderful master, always pays on time. Please could have my paycheck, give my paycheck, off I go, thank you very much, adios. So that is the structure of the Amidah. So how can we add certain things in the middle um, of the Amidah? I mean, at the beginning, so the Zochreinu Lachayim thing. So it says the Shibola Leket, Shibola Leket is a late uh, commentary, late, the last few hundred years of the, of the Torah. And he says as follows. Tzocharab in the Koisha says, you have to appreciate, those middle 13 blessings are what I'm asking for me and those around me. 
But when we are asking for something for the entire Jewish people, this is because in general, the whole three last blessings are for the whole world, the whole of the Jewish world in general. When we say, Sim Shalom Tovav Racha, Hashem place peace and blessing on all your people, that whole concept is based on this idea of Tzorche uh, Rabim. It is the need of the entire community. And it says, that is, you know, that is considered the praise of Hashem almost. That when the whole community acknowledges Hashem, that Hashem is the one who is giving us, uh, will give us life and will allow us to be inscribed for another year, that is considered that we recognize that. That is praise as well and it is recognition as well. Okay, so those are all considered what's called Tzorche Rabbi. So generally, so to summarize, first three, last three blessings, we don't put any personal element into it. But we can put communal in a communal not being the North Shore, but rather being the entire Jewish people. And that's why only Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, when we dove for the whole, truth be told, we dove for the whole of humanity at that time, can we add those things in. And the middle blessings during the week is where we ask for what we, what we want. And, uh, and, sorry, um, we ask for what we want. And um, the last three blessings are thanking. All right. Now we're going to just do a, we're going to go th- on to the Shemona Esrei. Alright, so we are going to start tonight. We are going to start the first blessing. We're not going to get through the whole of the first blessing. But what we're going to try to do is jump between, I'm going to try toggle between two different uh, uh, sheets that we've got. So this is a standard uh, weekday Amidah. It looks exactly the same as the Shabbos Amidah from this point of view. And we start off with the following. We say, ah, Hashem Sfatai Tiftach. So we take three steps back and then three steps forward. The three steps back, and it's interesting whether you need to take three steps back then three steps forward. But the way that it's brought down in rabbinic commentaries, you take three steps forward. We are approaching the king. So people, you know, if you want to take three steps forward, you need to take three steps back so that you've got the, you know, you've got where to walk. You stand up and you're at the front. If you want to stand at your lectern, you stand at the front, you take three steps forward, you're going to push over your lectern. So you're going to take three steps back forward. Okay. Um, but one way or another, some say, you know, you want to move out of this world and then walk into the world of davening. But one way or another is those three steps forward that we take now and the three steps back at the end of the service is supposed to be in our minds that we are standing in front of Hashem. So prayer is not talking about Hashem. It is talking to Hashem. Baruch Atta. Blessed are you, Hashem. We are speaking to Hashem. And so the experience is that we are standing in front of Hashem. So start off at Hashem's Fatai. God, let my lips be opened. And my, my mouth uh, mention your praise, declare your praise. So, so that idea, so let's go back to my other sheet. So that is a verse from Tilim from Psalms. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful that we're asking Hashem to open our mouth and that we should be able to say our prayer. But if you want to really appreciate what, what the significance of starting with that, you need to do the whole of the Tilim. So this is from Tilim from Psalms, chapter 51, 17, 19. So the first verse is, Hashem not the first, but at least verse 17. Hashem Svatai Tiftach V'yegitzertecha. Kilo Tachpotz Zevach V'etena. Because you don't want me to bring sacrifices. You don't want me to bring an elevation offering. The real sacrifice to Hashem is a broken heart. Oh, sorry, it's a broken spirit and a broken heart 
and a depressed heart. Elokim Hashem will never a broken and depressed spirit. Hashem will never reject. So where it comes and it's, it is incredibly powerful. We spoke about this on on, on Tishabah, that Hashem doesn't want ritualistic activities in divine service. Divine service is using a ritual as a means to having a relationship with Hashem. But Hashem doesn't want the ritual. So if you look at the context of, of Tehillim, of where this prayer, when you say, Hashem, open my lips and let me speak your praises, because I know you don't want simple ritualistic things at all. What you really want is a ruach nishbara, lev nishbara You want a broken heart. That they say there's nothing more whole. I don't know where what the source of this might be a Shlomo Kalva said, but there's nothing more whole than a broken heart. That the idea that we, we are coming with sincerity to Hashem, because Hashem doesn't want the, the simplistic um, form of meaningless ritual as a, as a disguise as a, as a divine service. Hashem wants us to have that relationship. And so we start off by saying that to try to focus us, Hashem's is to focus that we are trying to get into Amanas. Everything I need, everything I want is all in the hands of Hashem. And I'm trying to get my mindset to realize that. And that's why we start off with this particular verse. Okay. Carry on. So, so we're going to see that each, and the art school does this very well, is that each um, of the uh, 19 blessings on the week, though, so will have a little theme associated with it. So the first theme, so you see over here, it says Avot. We'll see at the bottom of the page, you see it, it says Gvurot. So Avot is, uh, Avot are the patriarchs. It says, and we're going to mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So, Thoughts of the blessing. Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Velokei Avotenu. Now this is something we say quite often, not only in Amidah, but we, we hear that Elokeinu Velokei Avotenu. So what does it mean? Bless are you Hashem, our God and God of our forefathers. What's, what's the difference between our God and God of our forefathers? So, sorry. So, so, the way it's to be understood is that our God is our relationship, I Gad's relationship with Hashem, and the God of my forefathers is where I get into points where I, I struggle with Hashem. There's something I have, and that is the fact that I, as a Jew, I have an inheritance from my ancestors of their relationship with Hashem. So let me read this. Um, this is a piece. So a lot of the commentary we're going to be reading tonight is from a book called Nativ, uh, Nativ Bina, written by Rabbi Jacobson. It's a, it's, an, it's a book on the whole of davening. It's phenomenal, really. It goes through every single word of the davening. Um, it says as follows. Um, Everyone is obligated to, to cultivate their own relationship in knowing Hashem. According to his own intellectual abilities. And that which is beyond him. So then he has to rely on others. He has to rely on others beyond him. Therefore, the God of our forefathers, what does it mean? Says all the generations of my forefathers or of my ancestors. 
אלוקי אבותינו, ואחר כך אלוקי אברהם, אלוקי יצחק ואלוקי יעקב, שם הובא גם פרש פשוט, שאין להאמין באלוקות מצד מנהג אבותינו, כי זה מנהג אומות עולם. says we do not and should not believe in השם, because my parents believe in השם. So if the reason that you, you have a relationship with השם, or the reason you believe in God, is because your parents believe in God, it says that's not sufficient. It's not, we can't say, ברוך אתה השם, אלוקי אבותינו. It has to be אלוקינו first. You have to have your own relationship with Hashem. Once you've had your own relationship with Hashem, there will be points of limitation and there will be times of doubt. And that's when you rely, rely on everybody else. Now, from a personal anecdotal point of view, this, this, I don't know if this happens often, but it has happened. There will be times where I'm confronted with issues in whether it be science and Torah or philosophy, whatever the case might be, that I really struggle with. And I... And I, and I, and I something presents itself as a big kasha, very difficult, and I don't know how to deal with it. So how do I, you know, how do I sleep at night? So I say, I have tapped into incredibly great individuals. So my, my Rabbi Rav Lichtensee and Rav Soloveitchik and whatnot, I said, these people were so far greater than me. Their minds, firstly, what they knew in the world of Torah, as well as what they knew in the world of science and philosophy, they knew so much more than I know. And they somehow kept Torah and mitzvahs and it, these questions either didn't bother them or they found solutions to them. Now, that's not an answer because I, I need to find the answer. But so long as I haven't found the answer, I can rely on that I can on my ancestors, whether it be my, my physical ancestors or my spiritual ancestors, that there are people in the world that I have anchored myself to that have the imunah, have the faith that at times when I'm feeling points of weakness, I sort of hook my wagon onto their star and I say, you know, I don't have to know everything. That every kasha, every question, every difficulty has an answer. I might not have an answer. But that's what Elokeinu means. So we start off with, it says, Elokeinu, you have to build a relationship with Hashem. You are my God. You are my God that I have remembered since my, my youth and my relationship with you has changed over the last 40 plus years. And it has to. It's one of the such, such the chavals in, in education in general, religious education in general, is the fact that people's understanding of Hashem hasn't really matured much beyond uh, preschool. Hashem is here, Hashem is there, Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is all-powerful, Hashem knows everything, Hashem's good. And that's pretty much, and Hashem's invisible. And, and that's our knowledge of Hashem. And that's good for a three-year-old. But we've got to have a much deeper relationship with Hashem. We don't have a, a scientific knowledge or historical knowledge or mathematical knowledge of a three-year-old. We've, ev- we've evolved. So too in religion, we have to evolve. In philosophy, we have to evolve. So that's what Elokei Avot... That's what Elokei Avotenu. Elokeinu Elokei Avotenu. All right. So okay. So then it says, Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Why does it say, okay, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov? It says, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So each God is seemingly, is like, you know, is it just poetic? Or is there something uh, significant to that whole idea? So again, in the Nativ Shalom, Nativ Bina says as follows. Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, Shalachani. Ulai Shalim, so Yehudo Shakol Av Av Meuma Tainu Bezeh. says, Appreciate that there is a uniqueness in each of our patriarchs. So in Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Avraham haya rishon she'egil yedei munah b'kochot 
says, Avraham's relationship with Hashem came from an intellectual pursuit and knowledge of Hashem. Avraham was the first one to, so to speak, discover Hashem, to, uh, to have a relationship with Hashem. Yitzhak on the other hand, was prepared to sacrifice his life. That Yitzchak was allow, allowed himself to be tied up on the altar, which we read on Rosh Hashanah, to sacrifice his life for Hashem. It's a completely different relationship with Hashem. Abraham was love. Abraham was, had open tent. Abraham had this great relationship in finding intellectual with God. Yitzchak was different. Yitzchak was awe, was, was, uh, was um, I don't want to say fear, but was this awe relationship with Hashem. The Yaakov, Hamulumad, but Sarot, and Yaakov, on the other hand, had Hashem relationship through all the strife that he had. Yaakov had one strife after that. He lived in a home where his older brother deceived his parents. For the next 14 years, he flees his brother. For 20 years, he flees his brother who, who wants to kill him. Eventually, he lives with his, uh, he lives with his father-in-law, Lavan, who tricks him into the wrong wife. Then he works him to the bone and he completely uh, deceives him monetarily. Then he comes back and meets Aesav again and he's scared. Aesav wants to kill him. Then his daughter gets raped and then his son gets sold. Yosef gets sold to Egypt. He thinks his son is dead for, for 20 years. Yaakov has a life of terrible suffering, but has deep emunah, has deep faith throughout it. So the Elokei Abraham and the Kei Yaakov is not the same Elokei. And the same, I suppose we look, you know, when, 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 I, when I counsel young couples before they get married, and older couples as well, the um, thing is, talk about them is that, you, you know what a perfect relationship looks like? Is there is no such thing as a perfect relationship, and there's no such thing as a correct model for what a marriage should be. The best model for a marriage is the one that you both like. And works for both of you. That's what a good relationship model is. It's not a model that, you know, how should the allocation of chores and who should be working and who should be more home. Or there is no right answer for that. But the, uh, for, for, uh, uh, there's no universal right answer for that. Each person has to have their own relationship that they develop in such a way that works for them. And so too with your relationship with Hashem. So that's why when the Amidah goes, it says, Elokei Avraham, that you... You know, there was God's relationship with Abraham, which was one of love and was one of intellectual pursuits. One of Yitzchak, that was one of awe and a fiery sacrifice. And then one of Yaakov, that was a love of, was a relationship of terrible suffering. But nevertheless, those are the kinds of relationships that each one had individually. Okay. So carrying on, we got Hakel Hagadol Hagibor Vahanura El Elyon. So he says, uh, Who's great, mighty, awesome, and supreme. Alright, in English, those are superlatives that seem to be synonyms. So, what is the difference between all of them? So, this here comes the key to understanding the, let's say, the poetic, um, poetic key to the whole Amidah. So, if you look at the Hakel Hagadol Hagibov Anorah, so look at the Deuteronomy in Devarim, Perek Zion says, Ki Hashem Elohim, says this week's Pasha, Yashem, you, Hashem is your God. Hu Elokei Elohim, He's the God of Gods. Vadon Adonim, a master of masters. Hakel, Hagadol, Hagibol, Vahanora, Asheh Isapani, Veloi Kachshokhat. He says, who is great, is great, mighty and awesome, and doesn't show favor and doesn't take pride. But you see where that comes from? Hakel, Hagadol, Hagibol, Vahanora. It's from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe told us that. So it's not that 
the, the authors and the, the Amidah is written, you know, in the second temple period by the members of the great assembly that we read in uh, Pirkei Avot. So they're the ones who coined it. But when they coin it, they were going to use verses from the Torah. So that's Akela Gadol Gibor The next verse comes from Reshit. So just a little bit of context for this. So in Pasha Lech Lecha, when Avraham, Avraham has a nephew Lot, and Lot goes and lives near Sodom, and there's a battle between four kings and five kings, and Lot gets taken captive. So Avram gathers all his troops together, they go and wage a war, and they get Lot back. After the war, there's this mysterious meeting with Avraham and a man named Malchit Tzedek, who's Melech Shalem, he's the king of Shalem. We don't know anything about him uh, from the text. But he comes and, and he offers bread and water to Avraham. And he blessed him and said, Baruch Avraham lekel elyon Blessed is the blessed be Avraham of God most high. Avraham, that is to the God on high, the creator of heaven and earth. So Malki Tzedek wrote, said the scroll El Elyon. So you see, Hakela Ra El Elyon are all straight out of the Torah. So we have not made, you know, these are not parts of poetry coming to praise Hashem. But rather, these are words that have taken straight out of the Torah to dis- that describe Hashem. So the Gemara explains this whole logic as follows. Okay, so it says, So there was this one individual who went to down to Daven. So just parenthetically, um, when it talks about Davening from being the Chazan, it says, who goes down to Daven. That's what, Now the reason for that, is that the, one of the Psalms in the Psalms 130 that we say, we say between Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, we say at, at, at Masada, we say it every morning after Shul, is Hashem. from the depths are caught to you Hashem. So in order to sort of bring that to fulfillment, we make the Chazan Davin lower than everybody else. So if you go to any European Shul, and I saw, the, I saw this, I saw this in Krakow, I saw this in, the, in Prague, where the chazan stands at the front of the shul, there's almost like a step down. It's like a, a little bit lower than everybody else. And that's what's to go down in front of the ark to daven. Nowadays, uh, you know, in shuls like ours, people daven off the bimah, which is probably not supposed to do that. But anyway, that's what it says. He went down to daven in front of Rabbi Hanin. It's a chazan. Amar. So the, this is young chazan. says as follows. Hakel hagado hagibo vahadir vaizuz vayirui. So you are great, mighty, awesome, powerful, mighty, awe-inspiring, strong, fearless, steadfast, honored. Just keep going. Just superlative after superlative. So Rabbi waited until he'd finished. So he says to him when he's finished, the young guy's finished his davening. He says, very impressive. Tell me, have you finished praising Hashem? You know, you've, 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 so you've added in the eight more praises or whatever. You finished now? Says, why don't you, why, what are we doing all of these? Says, you know what we say? You know why we say that? Because 
That's what Moshe said. That's what the Torah said. And the Anshay Knesset Gedola, the, the rabbis of the Great Assembly, they put it into the Amidah. And, and if they didn't say it, we, we, we couldn't say it. What? How? You, you, you've praised Hashem enough? So this guy went and he added in eight prayers. So when you add in eight prayers, well, why not nine? Why not ten? What, you've said everything that needs to be said? There's so much more that needs to be said. We say what is written in the Torah. Because that, that's all we can say. We acknowledge that we can't do it. So it says, So Rav Hanini says, I'll give you an analogy. It's like you go to a regular flesh and blood king. He's a multi-billionaire. And you say, oh, wow, you got a real nice, uh, you know, you got a if you, silver. You got beautiful. He's got more gold than he you knows how to count and you praise him for his silver. Hello, Gnui, Ganai Hulo. says that's more insulting than praiseworthy. So appreciate that the, the, in order to praise Hashem, and this is going to be different with regards to thanking Hashem and requests from Hashem. When it comes to praising Hashem, we are very limited in how we can praise Hashem because ultimately we acknowledge that we are very limited in how we can praise Hashem. Hashem is beyond our praise. But if we can take something that has been said before us and apparently accepted, i.e. the Torah, that Hashem was comfortable with being called Akela Gedoa Gibor Vanora El Elyon, and Hashem was so comfortable that He allowed it to be written in the Torah, so then we can use those words to describe Hashem. But more than that, we're not allowed to do. So, that is where we are going to uh, leave it for this evening. We've really just uh, scraped the, you know, the, I don't know, we wouldn't scrape the bottom of the barrel because it's the bottom, but we really just the, the, the surface, just touch the surface over here. Understand the Amidah. But as we see, we start with Hashem's Fatai Tiftach, which is understanding that it's the intent of our prayer that is so crucial. Then we say, that it's our God, the relationship we need to have, not just the relationship and where we, where we struggle, the relationship that our forefathers passed on to us. The unique relationship that Avram, Isaac, and Yaakov had with Hashem in their own right. And finally, that the praise of Hashem that we're going to add in is going to be praise that Hashem has, spoke, has already allowed Himself to be praised by by other members, uh, by other people in the Torah, meaning Avraham and Malchit Zedek. Okay, so we, we will pick up from there uh, next week, but hopefully uh, hopefully that uh, at least will be something that you can um, you know, put, in your, put in your quiver next time you dive and that you know a little bit more about, about the davening. All right. All right, everybody. I think we will leave it there for tonight. If there are any questions, I'm happy to happy to take them. Any questions? Fantastic. Well, Ralph, thank you, because you're the one who uh, gave the impetus and the uh, draft to start this uh, series. So I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. Thanks, Mina. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ralph. All right. Laila Tov, everybody. Have a great evening. Okay.